Welcome everyone to the Ovei Torah, Daf Yomi Shur. Today's Shur is Daf Chaf Bet. We'll begin on Chaf Aleph Amud Bet at the words Amalei Rav Achami Dif to the Ravini. Today's Daf is going to be a zechut for, for Daniel ben Devorah. He should have hatslacha in all of his endeavors. Says the Gemara as follows: Amalei Rav Achami Dif to the Ravina. Rav Achami Dif to the Asked Ravina the following question at the two dots on the first wide line. We were talking about if some if a person who's not religious or a person who serves of touches wine, we said it was mukseh. So asked Ravina, why can't it be like a graf shilray? Because we know that if a person has a chamber pot, where in the olden days was a pot that people used to go to the bathroom in. Technically, it should be mukseh, but the chachamim allow you to move it because they don't want it around. And therefore, let this cup, which has his leftover wine, be like something disgusting that the chachamim will let you get rid of because you don't want it around. So he agrees. Ravina answers, you're right. It is a graf shalvei. But the reason why we don't let you feed a goy wine on Shabbat is because you're making a graf shalvei lechatchila. Says the Gemara, Adabay Rabbah, the Ramari, the Morshwal, the Darash. Rava brought Morshwal and he said the following to the Shah, Mizamirit Rachel Shabbat, Vemzanit Rachel Yom Tov. He disagrees. And he holds that you can invite them on Shabbat. We're not worried about the muksa part of it. But we can invite them on Yom for a separate problem. Why not? On Yom Tov, on Shabbat, when you're never going to cook, we're not afraid you might cook for him because you won't cook for yourself. But on, on Yom Tov, where you're allowed to cook for yourself, you're not allowed to invite a goy because we're afraid that maybe you'll still cook an extra hamburger for him, which would be a suit because you're not allowed to cook for a goy on Yom Tov. Here's a story. When a goy would visit them on Yom Tov, if you guys want to eat what we already prepared, come join us. But if not, we will not make any extra effort for you today because it's our holiday. And by saying that, they got around the problem of inviting a goy. Because once he has a declaration that nothing's going to be prepared for him, we're not going to be tempted to make an extra hamburger for him like that. And seemingly that would be a heter to avoid, to allow, um, to allow inviting him on Yom Tov. It seems like that's the halacha. Says the new Mishnah. Beit Shemayomrim, lo yaham adam chamin leglav. A person can't heat up hot water for his feet, meaning to wash his feet. Okay? You can't wash yourself. Unless the water is fit for drinking, so you're heating the hot water to drink, and you end up using some of it for your feet. But if it's water that you would never drink, which means, let's say, it's dirty water or something you wouldn't drink, then you can't heat it up on Yom Tov, even though you want, you would use it to wash off the dirt off your feet. Another thing, a person can make 
a bonfire and get warm in front of it. This, when we said that you're allowed to make a bonfire on on Yom Tov and get warm, is that Bet talking or is that Bet Shammai talking? Do we say Maybe it's a new law and therefore it's back to everyone talking because we ended off with Bet Shammai saying one thing, Bet saying the other thing. So either it's Bet talking and Bet Shammai disagrees or it's both and if so, the reason why Bet Shemai would allow a Madura, even though he did not allow heating water for one foot, and seemingly they're both the same thing, is because when you heat up water, when you make a bonfire, your whole body's getting warm. But when you uh, heat up water for your foot, you're only doing it for one ever, and that's why that's why he doesn't let. Or dilma or maybe it's really betilel and betchemai argues. Our betchemai loshan and betchemai will not allow either one. He doesn't allow doing either one. Tashma, bring your proof. Betchemai, or maybe betchemai says lo yaseh adam midura vitchamim. Person can't make a midura vitchamim and warm himself in front of it. So you see from here that Bet Shemai actually does argue about this, and the, the, it was only Bet Yilel. says the Gemara, Shloshad Dibarim, Rabban Gamal Machmir, Kedibar Bet Shemai, and Tomnim et Echamin Lechatchila B'Yom Tov. You can't be Tomen, you can't insulate water on Yom Tov, Lechatchila. Ve'en Zokvin, et Menorah B'Yom Tov. So in this Mishnah, we're mentioning that Rabbam Gamliel used to rule like Bet Shemai in three different things. Number one, the strict one is that you can't take hot water and be tormented and insulated on Yom Tov. You can't strain up a mineral on Yom Tov. You can't bake thick bread on Yom Tov, only thin breads. Amar Barangaleel says to prove himself, in the days of my father's household, okay, they would never make thick ones, only thin ones. Amar also they told him, what can we do about your father's house? Yes, we agree that your father only did that. That's because he was a machmir. But if we, other people asked him, he was mekel, and therefore the halacha is not like what you said. He, he would allow everyone to make thick or thin breads. Okay. Of course, Evangelia was a Nasi, so his father must have been. Uh, someone who was also a Nasi and a big time and he was bringing a proof from them, but they disagreed and they said that even though you're correct in what you noticed, but you didn't make the right inference from it. He was strict for himself, but he wasn't strict for all Yisrael. Says the Gemara, Hechidami, what's the case of being Tomen Biyom Tov? 
the Agach Eruv Tavshilin. If the case was that he made Eruv Tavshilin, then my Tavata Betshemai. Why would Betshemai say that you're not allowed to do it? You made Eruv. You can prepare whatever you want. If we talk about case, he didn't make a roof. Why would Betel allow it? The guy has no roof. Why would you allow him to do it? So in other words, we're trying to understand what's the case where the guy is being tomen on Yom Tov. Tomen usually means you want to preserve the heat. Presumably, we're letting, you're preserving the heat to have hot water on the next day also. And you're taking, a, a, a let's say, a, a thing of hot water and you're putting it in something to keep, let's say, hot sand or something to keep it warm. If you're doing that for Shabbat, so it's understood that it would be allowed for sure if you made it roof, and it's asur if you didn't make it roof. What, what's the case? Really, the case could be he didn't leave it roof. And so then why would it ever be allowed? The reason why it would be allowed is because the Chachamim allowed you to have your minimum amount without an Eruv. And Rav who gave this answer, is following his reasons. Because Rav holds the special rule that that Eruv is only necessary if you want to... Well, you should always make an Eruv, but if you didn't make an Eruv... then you're allowed to make your own food as long as you make a minimum. Which means if a person has nobody to make his food for him, which is what needs to be done when you have no Eruv, Chachamim allow, according to Huna, a minimum amount of food. As we see, He can make one loaf of bread. And he can make himself one pot of food. You can light one candle. would say, you can even roast himself a fish. You can even uh, heat up a jug of water for him. Some say you can even add a fish. So we have a brighter which is agreeing with this that there's a minimum. And if so, our Mishnah could be talking about a case where a guy didn't make a roof and Betel is letting you do a little bit of water. That's the answer of what I was just talking about according to Rav Huna. Rav No, the real case is that he did leave an Eruv. So if they did leave an Eruv, then why would Bet Shemai not allowed? When a guy left the Eruv, we allow, Eruv only lets you do something that might be used for Yom Tov itself. But if you make anything that's clear, it's for the next day. Like when a person's matmin, when a person puts hot water in sand on, on a on a yom tov afternoon, it's obviously for the next day, and therefore you're praying for the next day. That we don't let even with an eruv according to bet shemayim bet yilalets. Abaya asked the question. Chanan Yomer Chanan would say bet shemayim enofim elam ken erep pepat. He says you're not allowed to bake unless you unless you put. And a roof with bread. And Rashim, you can't cook. Unless you made a food on Yom Tov for Shabbat. So we're talking about preparing for Yom Tov for Shabbat. So if you want to bake from Yom Tov for Shabbat, you have to make sure you bake something. 
on as an eruv. And if you want to cook for Shabbat, you have to make sure you have a cooked food for eruv. If you want to, if you want to tomen, you want to insulate something, you have to make sure that you had hot water matmin from erev yom tov. But if you had hamin, you're allowed to do it. Miyava avid. So if your person had hamin, you're allowed to make it, even going to Shemai. Even though it's clear that it's Shabbat. So don't tell me when something's clear that it's Shabbat. Then Eruv doesn't let it. We see that Beit Shemai itself would allow something as long as you have provided that you already did something from before and it's Mutar. We'll give an answer and we'll say that we're talking about a case where you made a roof regarding baking and cooking, but you didn't make a roof regarding hatmana. Since you didn't make a roof hatmana, that's why it doesn't work. You can't straighten up the candlestick. My kavit, what's wrong? How could we say in the Mishnah that Bet Shammai would not allow straightening candlestick? What's wrong with straightening candlestick? We're talking about a menorah that's made out of a lot of parts that's separated. Because if you, if you put it back together, when we're talking about straightening, we're talking about putting it back together. It looks like you're building. holds, not like that there is such a thing as building among utensils, which means, you can't, there's no building and since it's made to open and close, it's allowed to be done on Shabbat. And therefore, he disagrees about this idea of building in Kelim, only building in, in uh, he only agrees that there's a problem of Binyan when it comes to houses and things. Ula ikla lebeir bihuda. Ula came to Bihuda's house. Kam shamayazakafla One time, Ula's, Ula's servant got up and he straightened the lamp. Now, straightening a lamp, a lamp is always leaning in order to make sure that the wick gets a constant flow of oil in order to stay on. If you straighten it, you're causing the oil to go away from the wick, and it could go out faster. How come your servant strained the candle on Yom Tov? Sorry, on Shabbat. How do you straighten it? No, I'm sorry, on Yom Tov. I'm sorry, the story took place on Yom Tov. But he asked him a question from his bright about Shabbat. If you put oil in a candle on Shabbat, because of lighting, right? Because if you add oil, you can end up lighting that oil. And therefore, it's like you lit a candle. If you take some of the oil out of the can, out of the lamp, let's say 
on Shabbat, the guy sees a lamp of oil and he wants a little olive oil for his chap lips. He dips his finger in and uses it for his chap lips. Then, he's for extinguishing a candle. Even though I didn't extinguish it, it's still going. But it was going to last for another two hours and four minutes, and now it's going to last for two hours and two minutes because of the oil that you took out and you put on your lips. So you see that when you take out oil, it's like putting it out. So how are you allowed to do it on Yom Tov? How are you allowed to take out oil on Yom Tov or tilt it straight on Yom Tov? Your servant did it. He's causing it to go out, and you're not allowed to do mechabe on Yom Tov. You're only allowed to light on Yom Tov. You're not allowed to put out a fire on Yom Tov. Amalei, so he told him back, Lavadati, I didn't know he was doing it. You're right. It wasn't my command. He wasn't doing it at my will. Amarav, Knaba Shere. If you have a wick that you want to trim, that's mutar. Why is trimming a wick mutar? The wicks used to be long, and when they, when they're when when the top part that's above the flame gets too long, the flame goes lower. And if you trim it, it'll go higher, and therefore it's allowed. Says the Gemara, "Bay mine Abba Marmarta me Abaya, Abba Marta es Abaya. Maul chabot etner mipne devaracher. Can you put out a candle?" if you have a reason for it. On Yom Tov, you can't put out a candle. But let's say a person wants to have relations, and you can't have relations with the lights on, so he wants to put out the candle, but he has a reason for Simchat Yom Tov, in order that he could have relations that he wants to do. Says the Gemara, Amaleh, Efshav Baitachet. Well, why doesn't he go to another house? Go to another room. Go to a room where there's no candle. Why do you have to put out this candle? Therefore, it's Asur. What if he only has one room? He's in a hotel. The only thing he has is this room with a candle. Can he put it out? What if he has nothing to, to make a mechitza with? Because if you put a mechitza in front of the candle, even though it passes some light, it's still allowed. What if he has no mechitza? He has no place to mechitza. He says you can put a keli on top of it. And lo keli. So Abamar says, what if a guy has no keli? Could he put it out? Amaleh, asur, it's still asur. So Abamar says the question, and Mechabinat Bekat, it says, you're not allowed to put out a piece of wood that's burning, in order to save it from being burnt, which means if you have a piece of wood that you want to save later for a fire, you can't put out a fire on Yom Tov if you want to save it for later. But let's say your house is getting smoky and you're putting it out because you don't want it to get smoky or you don't want uh, uh, the, the food to get smoky, then you're allowed to do it, even though you're putting it out because you don't want something. Even though you're trying to avoid something, it's mutat. As long as it's not trying to save the piece of wood, it's mutat. So putting out a flame because you have a purpose that you want, you want something not here, is allowed. So what's the difference between that and putting out a flame because you want to have relations. If I want to save my house, it's okay. And if I want to have, have dark in my house in order to have relations, it's asur. So he told him, He said, That's a Yehuda who allows even hachana on Yom Tov. But I don't agree with that, 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 that brighter. That brighter is Yehuda. I'm going to go into Rabbanan who don't allow hachana. He's a machloker Yehuda. Whether you're allowed to do machshir or nefesh. 
הפסוק says, הוא לבדו יעשה לכם. לפני הפסוק, he would allow also preparations, and therefore this will be like a preparation, and that's the difference, why it would be allowed or not allowed. And therefore, Abayah answered himself, yes, I disagree, but that's because I'm going like, Abayah mine Abayah me Rava. Abayah asked Rava a question. His Rebbe. Could you put out a fire on Yom Tov? Let's say you have fire burning on Yom Tov. Could you put it out? Obviously, I don't need a question when it's a second nefashot. Of course, you can put it out. You're saving lives. You're even allowed to do it on Shabbat. Are you allowed to put out a fire to save money on Yom Tov? Saving money is not enough of a reason to, do, to allow it. You can't put out a, a, a piece of wood that's burning in order to save it. But if it's because you don't want your house to get smoky, then it's butar or your pot. So you see that you're allowed to put out a fire if you have a need on Yom Tov, as opposed to saving the thing where it's not for Yom Tov. So therefore... Why would it be mutar? That's Rabbi Huda, and I was going according to Rabbanan. Now, I, I guess Rabbi Huda. Abaya asked Rabba before he was being asked by Abba Bamasa. Bai Miner of Ashmiya Mamer. Maulikholata Ayan Biyomtov. Are you allowed to put a medicine on your eye on Yomtov? So he answers back. Actually, before he answers back. When the sakana going to be said, if there's a pain or blood coming out or tearing, then of course the sakana to the eye, the starting of these things. I don't have a question. Then you're allowed to do it even on Shabbat. Forget about Yom Tov. What if you finished? taking care of the disease that you have in your eye, but you're doing it to have better vision. You're doing this kachol, this medicine on the eye, to have better vision. My, what's the halacha? Can you do it on Yom Tov? Amalei Asur? He says Asur. You still have the problem of maybe using medicine for something that's not a sakana. It's a problem because you might make more medicine on the holiday. And that would involve grinding, which is Asur. I thought we asked the question from the Brighta, which we said before, which says that you can't put out a piece of wood. But it, the Brighta ends by saying that if you want, if you want to put it out, so that so it doesn't get smoky, it's allowed. So if so, if you're allowed to do that in order to have pleasure, we should be. Then you should. There shouldn't be a problem. Just like mechabe, putting out a fire, is 
something that you're not allowed to do, but you could do it for pleasure. So too, grinding should be something that you're not allowed to do, but you're allowed to do for pleasure. And therefore, you should let it grind, and there shouldn't be a gazera not to put eye things on, because the only gazera is maybe you'll grind, and you should be allowed to grind if you if it's a pleasure. We answered the same answer we said before, that yes, you have a nice brighta. If we agree with that brighta, it would be a good proof, but we don't agree with that brighta. That brighta is a bihuda, and we go like the hachamim. Amemer allowed someone to get a goy to put the kachol on his iron Shabbat. Some say that Amemer himself had a goy put kachol on his iron Shabbat. Why did you let the goy put it on your, on your eye? Because he said you let it do any any need of a chole you let it do with a goy on Shabbat. said you let it use a goy for anything that's no sakana you let it use a goy for. Is that what you're, you're assuming? But that's if you're not helping him and the goy is doing the whole work, then you'd be allowed to do it. But you are helping the guy because when the guy puts on his eye, he blinks a lot, and the blinking helps it go in your eye. So you see that you shouldn't draw a parallel from that case because that case is when the guy does the thing himself, and here you're helping him. So Amemer responded, Rizid once asked me that question, but I answered him that that that's only true when you're helping him is doing something that he wouldn't do on his own. But here, yes, when you blink, it helps him, but but he could do it even without your blinking, and therefore your blinking is not significant. He allowed a guy, not with a goy, by himself, to put call on his eye if it's the second day of Roshanah. Now, the second day of Roshanah, it's supposed to be the same Kiddushah as the first one. And here, as opposed to the second day of the holiday in Bavel, of Sukkot, where you're more lenient. But here he's treating the second day of Roshanah like that. Says, Rav Ashi told Amemar, which the reason why this is here is because Rav Ashi is objecting to Amemar's thing, just like he did by the Chol, which was our subject. Didn't Rav say, if a Jew dies on the first day of Yom Tov, you can only have Goyim bury him. Yom Tov Shini, then you should have the Jews bury him. Even on two days of Rosh Hashanah, a Jew is allowed to do it, right? Now, if you're not allowed to do it by Betzah, that means that the second day Yom Tov, you're only allowed to bury because a special heter for burial, but a betza that was born on the first day is that's on the second day, or betza. So he was talking about because they're all one day, and if so, you're treating the second day of as if it's a regular holiday in Asur. So then, why would you be allowed? So why would you allow someone to put kol on his eye on the second day of Shana, one on the top of Chavir Amabet? Um, so he told him, I hold like Nahadai. They hold that a betza is mutan the second day of Rosh Hashanah also. They disagree with what you said, that 
Second Eid Rosh is only lenient regarding burying. They say it's regarding eggs also, and if so, also regarding kol and eye. My datech, why do you treat it strictly? Dilma, because you're worried that maybe the second day is going to be the real day, because maybe Elul will be pregnant, meaning Elul will end up being a 30-day month, and then the second day of Rosh Hashanah will be the real day of Rosh Hashanah. Don't worry about that. From Ezra and on, from the second Beit HaMikdash, we've never had 30 days in Elul. And therefore, the first day is always the real day, and the second day is not the Oraiti. You can be lenient about an egg and about eyes. We're at the two dots now. One of the things that Bangamil said was that you're not allowed to bake thick bread on Yom Tov, only thin bread. You can't bake a thick loaf on Pesach. On Pesach, you shouldn't bake thick matzah. How thick is it? It's called thick and betelel would allow Betelel to disagree. Up to a tefach. Because the thing is, even though it's not chametz. So therefore, up to a tefach is called thick. And you shouldn't have it on Pesach according to Bet Shemai. By Lechem Apanim, the people who are baking it are Kohanim, who we know they're careful not to let it get chametz of us. You're going to say it by, you're going to have thick bread on regular Pesach where every person can bake their own matzah and they're not necessarily saying, when you're talking about Lechem Panim, they needed it well. But when it comes to Pesach, people don't work the bread so well, so it might be more chametzify. When they're talking about a tefach thick for lechem apanim, they always bake it with very dry wood. That is very, very hot. Okay? They tell you about regular Pesach matzah where there's no halacha, you have to use dry wood, you can use wood that's not so hot. That's talking about lechem apanim was talking about a case where the oven was already hot. If the oven's hot already, preheated, so then it's less likely to get chametzified while the oven's heating. Yomiru, Tarotaren, we could say on Pesach where you're allowed to put it in an oven that's not so hot and let it heat up. And we're talking about lechem panim that was baked in a metal oven, which is always hotter. We say about Pesach where you're allowed to bake it in an uh, oven that's made out of pottery, which is not as hot. I asked my Rebbe alone, meaning Rav, my patava, what does it mean, thick? That means, we're not telling you about how thick the bread should be. When we say pat ava, thick bread, it means pat miruba, it means a lot of bread. Can you bake on Yom Tov extra breads? 
So the question is about about making a lot of bread. And if so, that means that you really, even Beit Hillel will not allow thick bread because of all the reason that we said. But the machlok between Beit Hillel and Beit Shemai is about baking a lot of bread. Ikadamri, others say, Amarav, you hear me by Abba Amarav, Shelta to Rebbe Behud. I asked Rebbe alone, Man Rebbe Kadosh. I asked Rabbeinu, meaning this is, I asked Rebbe himself, not Rav. I asked Rebbe himself, my pat ava, and he, pat miruba, and he answered that it meant a lot of pat, and therefore it, the question wasn't about thickness bread, the question really was about baking bread on Yom Tov that was not necessarily needed. But my karli pat ava, so if, if it's talking about a lot of bread, pat miruba, why are they calling it thick bread? Because while you're doing the kneading, when it's all together, it was very, very thick. Of course, you're going to bake it into thin ones, but because it has to be thin, but it's called thick because we're giving it a name about how it was when you kneaded it as dough, but not as the bread, it's going to be thin. Or they used to call a lot of those patava. Or that's just a nickname. The reason why it's asur is because you, you're making a tircha that you don't need. Why are you baking extra bread for when you only need a little bit on Yom Tov? If so, why do we ask pat ava on Pesach? The writer says you now do it on Pesach. If, if it's talking about thick dough, meaning a lot of dough, the same law on Sukkot or Shavuot, why mention Pesach? You're right, it's referring to all of them, but Tana talking about Pesach because that's what the story was on Pesach, but you're right, it could have been any holiday. Okay, we're going to stop over here at the Mishnah. Baruch Adonai Amen Amen.